Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Are you, are you caught up on the Schmodown singles tournament? Yes. Yes, okay. I, am, I, I am caught up. I, I am. Uh, as okay. of, yeah, I'm caught up for both Thursday and Friday's episodes this week. So. Okay. So I'm a little disappointed that the kid is not moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little oh. annoyed by that because I really wanted to, him to go all the way this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Schmodown Signals tournament just overall between the upsets and the, 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 the matches are so well executed. Yeah. And this rivalry between swag and corruption, I'm just, I'm eating it all up. Oh, totally. And then, you know, and not lurking far behind is that the Finstock exchange is, is kind of hanging, hanging there with, with those two. But you're right. Swag and corruption have, have just dominated the singles tournament so far. And, uh, it, it's, you know, there have been some amazing matches the last two weeks in particular. Right. Uh, you know, with like Bibiani and uh, Liz, uh, last week and, you know, it, being very close, and then this week's episode, uh, both uh, were were extremely close. I mean, one went to sudden death, yep. and 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 uh, the other match, uh, you know, had perfect first rounds, and um, and 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 really, I think you know, with the Irwin and Tom's match, I think Tom sort of lost the stride. Obviously, lost the stride. There's spoiler alert if you haven't watched it uh, in the second round, and. Yeah, I really like Tom, and like Tom? I, I'm oh. really mad that he's not performing as well as he's known to perform. And as much as, much as I like Ethan, here's the thing about Ethan: he continues to dominate, and then he he makes it to the championship match and he loses. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's similar to Bateman. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm tired of watching these people advance, 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 only to fall apart at the end. And that's why the whole Finch stock exchange, I've kind of written them off because yeah. of all of the melodrama happening with them. And, yeah. and it's just, to me, they're so, <laughs> they're so last season, Will. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> that, they are. That what, what Slay and Corruption are doing is, is reminding like there's other people who can play this game and, yeah. And um, don't have as much baggage. Yeah, don't really have much game for themselves. True, true. And Winston and Shannon both just done a tremendous job of just managing their teams. And mm-hmm. when, you know when you're watching their matches and the coaching that they they give their their team when uh, whenever it's in the you, you know all, in all the rounds, uh, you know I've been very very impressed. And 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 it's been it's it's been a real you know given this. New Schmodown environment with pandemic and stuff. It, it's it's been very entertaining, yeah, uh, and, and very compelling. And it's good to see some of the, like you said, uh, you know, new, new, new blood this year um, dominating these matches. Yeah, I mean something's new because yeah. we're not going to get anything new in the cinema for very very long time if the cinema is still open where you live. For me, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, so North Carolina finally opened up our our cinemas. There, you can go. I think they are thirty percent capacity, and so 
Uh, they just opened, reopened in the beginning of this month. But, you know, I think you saw where, like, Cineworld and Regal Cinemas, I, I think they were temporarily suspending operations. Yep. And then, um, I guess, uh, AMC is still, still driving ahead. And of course, you know, a lot of the little smaller independent operators are trying to, you know, hold on. So, yeah, again, I, I was listening to the thing yesterday. I think there was, uh, one theater that uh, is uh, allowing, um, in the Charlotte area, I think it was, uh, people to, if you wanted to rent out a theater, you can rent it out for like a hundred bucks. <laughs> Just have it for yourself any way they can to get business. And, uh, you know, and that's where we are. And, and, you know, of course this week we saw where, you know, Wonder Woman 84 is still, so far, still slated to come out at Christmas Day. And, uh, of course, you know, Batman got pushed back to March 2022. Uh, Dune got pushed back to what, October of 2021? I don't care. I just care about yeah. Batman. I'm so yeah. sad. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I was so bummed about that one too. I was really hoping that somehow they could finish it up. And get it out next year, but uh, just I think about timing wise, October from what we've seen in the trailer seemed like the perfect time to release that movie, and now it's in March. Yeah, March. Yeah. Well, do you remember the last time you released a comic book movie in March? I, I believe it was this little thing called Batman v Superman. How did that work out for y'all? Yeah, but also you had Black Panther come out in March, too, and that worked out. No, you had Black Panther come out in February. And it came out in February. MCU. Yeah, yeah, true. It's the MCU, but, I mean, my point is, I think all the old rules as far as, like, when you release films are now completely out the window. Yeah, I just, I think that DC does not learn from their mistakes. <laughs> well, you know, I was noticing whenever it was DC Slate, given that things did get pushed back and a flash is now November 22. Shazam is June 2023. Black Adam. November 22 for a film that hasn't even started production. Oh, and exactly. yet has all of these freaking announcements about it. Who cares about it? We have seen what what feels like the whole movie of Batman, and we're not going to get until March. Yeah. Oh. Oh. But even it gets even better. Black Adam. They they didn't even bother to schedule a release date for it yet. So uh, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. We're never going to see Black Adam. Black yeah, Adam it's going to happen. Yeah, it, it's like a unicorn. It's just it totally is at this point. Oh man, speaking about unicorns, I have no idea the connection to this, but it seems like the right thing to say. It was also announced this week that Benedict Cumberbatch is confirmed to play Doctor Strange in upcoming Spider-Man 3 film, and directly related to the sequel to the Doctor Strange movie, alongside Jamie Foxx, will also potentially return as Electro? Yeah, so I think he is slated to return as Electro. Uh, however, he did post a picture on his Instagram and then quickly, quickly pulled it. But of course, everybody remembers uh, his Electro character from The Amazing Spider-Man. Was it two or two? Yeah, and yeah, there wasn't two. a third one. There wasn't a third one. Not a third one. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, honestly, I don't remember him from Amazing Spider-Man two because. I didn't see it, but <laughs> really, I've actually i i i saw that movie. I yeah. saw Dave Duhon become a goblin characterish. I saw a um, 
I saw, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. I can picture him. I cannot think about his name. Be the rhino. Oh yeah, yeah. And and um, that disaster of a movie. Yeah, I saw yeah. it. And which is funny because I, I, I you know, I, I had planned on watching it because I actually really did enjoy the Amazing Spider-Man uh, with the, mm-hmm. the first one, and I thought it was a very good film. But I digress uh, with, with Jamie Foxx. Yeah, but he's. I guess he, I guess I think the thing that folks were wondering is he's going to be this the, the blue electro that uh, he was known for so that bad. yeah in that film and and so I guess he posted something on his Instagram like no it's it's not going to be uh, <laughs> it's not going to be that but I guess the bigger point is I think this film definitely you know given that it's both Sony and Disney working together just opens the door again to the whole Spider-Man multiverse and also leads into uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which will film of apparently of everything, of course, assuming everything's scheduled, scheduled uh, they'll film Spider-Man 3 where he'll serve as, uh, I guess, the new Tony Stark to Peter Parker as far as his right. actual role. Yeah. Right. I think, and, and it's a great bookend because I know that um, Far From Home is kind of this this odd movie where I think it gets overshadowed because of how closely it was released to um, follow the the Endgame movie, mm-hmm. and and so I don't think it has as much credit. Um, yeah. And and I also think what is missing in that movie, and although there are numerous 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 references um none of the avengers really come into play and that was the beautiful thing about homecoming is this is the first time you see spider-man interact with well not the first time but you just it, it felt fresh and different so yeah. you would have dr strange come in and also continue that what was developed during the infinity war movie um, I'm I'm really excited, and again, just give me WandaVision at this point. WandaVision, because we know yeah. we know that even before Doctor Strange screws stuff up, Wanda's going to start this thing, mm-hmm. or maybe or maybe it's already started because damn it, Loki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't forget, oh. Loki does the stuff in Endgame where you're like. Oh. I see what you're doing. <laughs> yep, see exactly what you're doing. I think you're right. Uh, you, 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 the, it all goes back to Loki. <laughs> always, always. Goes so back to Loki. Just be and, so happy when he and, finds that out. <laughs> and, and, and Scott and and Ant Man, uh, you know, as far as uh, opening up the multiverse. So, uh, well, even I think even the original Doctor Strange, I think we we, we see. I think laid the, the groundwork for that. So. Uh, it. That is a movie I haven't seen. Really? No. Now, I I tried to watch it in yeah. a very non-committal way where I just skipped through a bunch of scenes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I will I will not claim to have seen that movie because I honestly don't. Yeah, I have not sat down and actually tried to tried to watch it from start to finish. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I guess. Well, yeah, but you know, maybe you'll, you'll get to it before Multiverse of Madness should. Nope. You know, maybe, or maybe not. I'm not but, a completionist. You're the completionist. I'm not. I'm like, oh, I don't really need to see it. Yeah, no, I'll, 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 I'll figure it out with the 
all the things they drop in the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are plenty of movies that I know about that I haven't seen, but I feel like I've seen them just because I know about them. But um, while Sony and the MCU build their Spider-Verse, um, it looks like DC is going to try to finally give fans what they have been wanting and see a Green Lantern-verse come to life with another... <laughs> I just I love how DC is going all in on HBO Max, just like they went all in on CW. All of a sudden, all of these shows for HBO Max, um, yeah. as Seth, Seth Graham Smith and Mark Guggenheim show will feature several Green Lanterns, including Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Alan Scott, and others from the GL. Yeah. Yeah. Four. Yeah. The Green Lantern Four. So yeah, Sinestro and, uh, Kil- Kilowog and, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll see the Well, Guggenheim. Yeah. yeah and I Guggenheim mean, does not shy away from 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 that kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> it, 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 exactly. I, 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 honestly, I, I, I will have to say, I will be disappointed if we don't see Diggle uh, yeah, as a Green Lantern in this new series. Because uh, it sounds like it's a, it's a 10 episode order. It's going straight to series. And, you know, there are, since they are going to be focusing on the Green Lantern Corps, doesn't look like Hal Jordan, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds won't be showing up. So, um, so I think it's, a, you know, it'll be a fresh take, uh, on this. And we, of course, we, in, in Crisis on Infinite Earths, we were, we were teased this at, at the, at the very end of the, of the, the crossover event where, where they did show Green Lantern. A Green Lantern. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this series, even though I know, you know, it is Guggenheim and I know a lot of fans, he's very, he is a lightning rod for, for, for fans, especially in the Arrowverse, but, uh, uh, and, and of course, what do you mean? Is that, because I, I always got the impression that he was, um, everyone appreciates what he did in terms of Arrow and kicking this thing off, but yeah. the writing <laughs> kind of also fell apart. That's, and that's what I meant by like, right, exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. And that's exactly what I meant. Yeah. Uh, he does, yeah. Uh, because, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the big critique, yeah. And, and of course, we can't forget his, his role in his being behind the 2000s. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, but you know, every you know, everybody has a bad day. So, but we won't. So maybe just give him a chance to to, to rectify that. Right, I I agree. I think that it's important. Daigle shows up likely because it's Guggenheim. It's not going to happen until the very very last ten seconds of the series finale. <laughs> yeah. Um. But but that is the only crossover with with all of these new announcements about the HBO shows and featuring these DC characters, I really think they, they, they shouldn't, they shouldn't try to create too much, um, crossover between the CW verse and the HBO max first, just because I mean, I think there's going to be a different audience for these HBO max shows than there are for the CW shows. Yeah. 
Um, and, and we already are, we are always posing the question of, um, marketplace saturation. And so now you have, well, you have all of this lineup on HBO and then you have this lineup on the CW and you have your movie verse, the movie just versus the joke though. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so maybe we'll take this seriously. Just, just, just don't, don't do anything in Nanda Parbat. That's all we really yeah. <laughs> don't go there again. It did not work out well. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> Well, that is it for news, which brings us to the big topic of today, which we we did have to delay this recording. Um, so we have yet to talk about the penultimate episode of The Boys Season 2, which left a very, very bloody cliffhanger. Yes. Um, um, and everybody knows, everyone, as soon as you see it, Congress, people exploding, classic parallel to Batman v Superman. I, yep. DC just loves their courtroom dramas, I guess. People do. Yeah. People do. I, you know, I did think that as well. Whenever I saw that whole thing go down with the, with the mind blower, uh, popping, uh, Vogel Boom, uh, Bomb and, uh, other, other people in the committee room. When, when all that, that all occurred, and of course it was definitely the you know, big moment of the of that episode. But the other, you know, for penultimate, it it, it really did its job well, pulling all these various threads from the season uh, to to uh, pull them all together, so we could have that to you know, to lead into the season finale, and. Right. Yeah, go ahead. So I was just gonna say, I think it I I think that the finale pulled this the string together, but what this penultimate episode did was escalate everything. And and almost get rid of the dead weight. No offense, Lance Lighter. We can execute the finale and move on with setup for season three. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, yeah, that that's definitely the case. I mean I, I know Kripke was like, and, and part of it is because of the way Lamplighter was portrayed. Um, really, they were, and maybe they'll be able to rehash more back for some flashbacks or something in the future. Because uh, you know, he was, I, you know, I, I, even though he kind of saw it, kind of building that he was, he was not going to leave the tower. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We didn't know how he was. Not, you know, I figured he would probably get taken out by another suit, maybe Black Four or something like that. Uh, but you know, he he had a in his own. Way a sort of heroic send off, uh, to make amends for all the sins that he had committed b- before as far as helping, uh, Huey, albeit, you know, his hand, <laughs> rescue, help to rescue Annie and Annie's mother from, from the, t- from the tower. Well, uh, he did want to use his hand all day today. That he did. He did. <laughs> That's true. Wow. Even though, you know, even though, you know, they want, they did go fuck the wife consistently, so. Oh my god! I like <laughs> then let's go fight. Fuck the wife, consensual. Yeah. <laughs> I just that was hilarious. That was. I I think this, and we've talked about this before with these type of shows where the bigger the ensemble, the more critical it is that you get the right pairings when you need them, and 
that I think is another reason why this episode works very well is they, they did a lot of pairings that, that made sense, that moved the, moved the story that they were trying to get across forward. Um, A Train in the Deep. Can we get a, can we get a, um, what was it? Stone and Steel spinoff for them? Because A Train and the Deep are hilarious. They are. They are. He is just like, God, you know, you definitely don't want him your fossil because he will, he will turn you over to the enemy bastard in any way. Right, right. Well, it's all about the fresco. All about the fresco. fresco. (laughs) And, and I, I think that Lamplighter, it, it is, it is, just speaks to the writing of the show how it takes us one episode to almost like and want to see the more of this character and then they yeah. take it away from us. Yeah. Fingers crossed though, we will get flashbacks and he'll be involved. I can't imagine them not doing that, just considering the casting choice. Um, but, Speaking about other soups in this whole escape, let's save Annie mission. Um, one of the be- best scenes was fucking, fucking black noir. Yes. Damn yes. That almond joy. And, yep. and we, they, I love that tie into a, a previous episode of yep. the season where they mentioned the candy bar. You don't really get why. So yep. you kind of, Wipe it off, and then they put it back around, and Maeve just shoves it down his throat yeah. and kicks away the EpiPen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the best. That was my, one of my favorite moments in episode two, and it's it's funny. I had in my notes the same thing. It's just like you know, this show, yeah, it's a testament to their writing of this show, as you said, because they you you, you really have, and I and that's the other strength I think about this season, in some ways being released weekly because you have time to really like soak it all in mm-hmm. and and you know all those little story points that uh they bring back like the almond joy and the whole with that you know i think about when he was in the room with the analyst you know, looking at trying to find butcher mm-hmm. and and you know all those little throwaway moments and, and you know and there's others that you know like even in, in this episode where you know with the statue of of soldier boy and and of course, you know, Soldier Boy being referenced in the very first episode with, with, with Edgar and with all those things, it's just every, every, every line in the show has, has a meaning and will come forward in full circle, which we'll get to in the end of the finale. Um, and so I, it really is a testament to the writing, like you said, as far as, uh, how, how well the series is, is constructed and, and executed. Right. And, and I think. For Maeve in particular, I know we talked earlier this year about how how she's being utilized and is very much um, under not Stockholm syndrome, but is held captive by the Seven and mainly Homelander. And so to see her pop up both in this episode and in the finale in this way of like. Yeah, I've been, I've been sitting on the bench, but you know, I, I've also been very observing everyone. And so I know how to take them down when I want to. They're just leaving because I let them. 
Yeah, yeah. She's like, she's a sound assassin more so than Black Noir in some ways. Because, yeah, she, she does sit back. And every time, and, and, and she's, she's so conflicted because Annie was trying to get her to, to, to leave and, you know, join the boys. But at the same time, I think Maeve also, in, in a lot of ways, like Homelander also does in some regard, Enjoy the limelight, the spotlight, and the and the benefits of being a super has, and so you know, so like the family, yeah. The, the, the seven is a family, a very very dysfunctional one, yeah. but even in the finale, there is a line that Homelander says about where all of the seven are now. And, and he just looks at, um, Stormfront and she has like, so what? We have you and me. That's all we need. And, and you can see it in his eyes where it's like, but that's not the point of this. The point is there to be a seven, there to be like a team and a family. And, and, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is some mention about, about Maeve and her parents where she wasn't brought up in a thought lab, but, her, she doesn't come from the most stable family. That's if I, I, I see. I remember that as well. I do remember that. Yeah. So, so I think that's why both of them um, have this kind of, kind of need to retain that family unit because it's all they've, they've been able to rely on it for so much, so long, and yeah. and without it, it's isolating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and yeah, this, yeah, we saw that with, with Maeve in this episode, especially after Elena left her, and mm-hmm. Maeve just descended into a very self-destructive path, uh, where Ashley like walks in and she was just like, "You're in America's favorite, second favorite. Let's be a couple. We need you." <laughs> and Maeve is just like, "F it, I just, I, I, you, my, you know, even though we're very dysfunctional, her her whole family is like falling apart." Yeah, you know, the more I think about it, the more in this episode with, with Lamplighters, even his sacrifice mm-hmm. or his, his suicide mission, like I just wanted my father to, to, to make my father proud. Yeah. And, and this, this pressure to be on this team and he wanted to be back on it, but then yeah. they, Stuff went down, and then throughout the season, you have both A Train and the Deep also being pushed aside, and with a core mission just to come back to it. Because even though it is it is crap, I mean, especially for A Train because of all the the racism that is occurring, and he's it's almost like this season he woke up to it. He's known it's there. But he really, really understood it with with Stormfront this season yeah, about yeah. how how much it is in the core of Vought. Yeah, yeah. Which is surprising considering Stan Edgar, but... Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there, we'll get there. But, uh, yeah, and, you know, but but you're right about the racism and, and, and the whole rally that Stormfront and Homelander has, and you know, again, the, I love the way they had, you know, especially when you think when the, when the episode starts, and especially in context of yeah. things that happen in in real world this week, where we learn about um, 
the, the events of Michigan where uh, people were trying to plot to kidnap the governor and stuff. And then you see how this episode starts and where you have this this lone wolf, you know, this guy gets socialized and here, you know, the, and they, you know, and, this, and they carried it off. It could easily come off in a very preachy way, but, and, and very dis, not almost a disingenuous, but just heavy handed way, but it was just a very, it was a very stark opening, but it was handled so well with all the things we've seen this season, as far as how Homelander and Stormfront have been trying to build this, make, you know, Make America great again, make Vought great again, and all the uh, us against them, and these we need the compound B to fight against these this, this evil super terrorist and blah blah blah. And you know you have kind of the Rush Limbaugh guy in the background egging this character on, and then uh, you know whenever he he kills the 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 store convenience store uh, clerk. Uh, just because he thought earlier he was mistaken, thought, you know, he saw a flash in his eye that he was a suit. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really, you know, it really drives on the point of the show as far as how it, it has really held up a mirror to a lot of things in, in present day society, um, that, uh, you know, that, that, that needs to be called out. And, and it did it in a way that, uh, again, services the story. And really underlie, underlies the how how insidious and how dangerous a, a character like Stormfront really is because she just plays to the media so well. She's pretty, she's charismatic, she you know very, very social media savvy, and, 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 and it shows how people could be duped by that. Um, I see. I don't think it was so much her charisma, but she understands the power of hate yeah. and the power that that Adolf Hitler also understood right. is that when you are able to identify a common enemy yeah. for people who feel as though they are defeated, then all of a sudden you create these soldiers and yeah. this force. And that's politics, just yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah, and and she was able to, which again, one thing about this season, Will, if I may, yeah. why the heck haven't they explained why she wasn't in the first season? Anyway, <laughs> never explained that. <laughs> this is me off. But, but she was able to capitalize on a series of events and and the bot also was able to be like you know she she's bringing in the need to get compound veed out to the masses and that'll increase our profit share so so why the heck not um it's it's it, it it was it was so well done that opening sequence and thanks for bringing it up because I was going to completely forget about it because it felt very similar to other other um, shows and movies that are talking about that where people who are are basically um, get these subliminal messaging into their systems and then suddenly their their behavior changes overnight and yeah. and just how that all works and why yeah. 
you know, maybe you should just shut off the news every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, shut off the news, or you know, or just or you know, make sure your your news diet is not all one one particular yeah. uh, viewpoint. Yep. Either side, left or right. Not making a negative value judgment on either one, but I think it does show the dangers of when you just get your news from this one source and you hear it over and over again. And you know, and, and like I said, I mean. It, even though this is art, you know, we see it happen in, in real life too. So, yep. And and so this episode, the penultimate, ends with the Congress, Congress, and and we think that Vaught's finally going to get exposed, and then heads just start popping. Yeah. Stormfront and and Homelander not afraid, just very confused. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> People are horrified. Um, Victoria Newman being one of them. And, and that, that concludes this episode, which leads to another. And, and I think, I don't think they were doing this as much during the first season, but they need to always have these vignettes because whether it be the one we were just talking about from episode seven or this one where they open up the finale with a, a little PSA, if you yep. will, about law. Yep. Lock the doors, arm yourselves, and wait for here. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love that. <laughs> With all these acronyms, you always have that one that's like a, a letter, but four words. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I just. I was laughing so hard at this because yeah, as soon as they went, it's like, okay, this is normal. You lock everything. You hide. Wait a second. The teacher is arming herself. That is not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, how many things did they like pack into that PSA as far as where we are? It's also just very, feels very nostalgic. Like yeah. there's something about the way they're they're crafting these vignettes where it sounds so familiar and mm-hmm. reminiscent of things that that we've seen. Um, yeah. Very similar to what the MCU did, I think, in Homecoming, where they were watching Captain America talk oh, yeah. about importance of fitness. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Totally. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love that. And, and, and really, this is just, just bleeds into where America is, and America is with the stands for Homelander and Stormfront and their need to, to get everyone to compound B despite the side effects, um, because they want to arm themselves against super terror, terrorists. Yeah. Super villain. Super villains is easier to say. Yeah, super villains is easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so we could go plot point by plot point. I I just listed ton of them, ton yeah. of them out. But but Will, what are your overall thoughts about the finale? Loved it. I mean, it was this. I when I got done with that episode, I actually I almost want I almost watched it again because it's it it really to your point earlier. You know, I said the penultimate pulling the strings together. This one really tied everything together in a nice mm-hmm. bow. And, you know, usually with the finale, I'm usually like, dang, you know, felt, I felt like it was a complete or left me wanting something. I, I was completely satisfied with this and, and 
the only thing I was wanting at the end of it was like, damn it, look, let's get season three, like now. Yeah. Yep. Because I, yeah, I, I didn't feel like they left any plot point undealt with from the, you know, from the season that didn't need to be, um, you know, there are clearly some things that left, need to be left unresolved because you got to continue the story on. But the main things they dealt with this season were dealt with. And yeah, and then we can, we can hit some of the highlights, uh, from that after. I mean, I would like to get your thoughts as well on the finale. Um, girls get it done. They do. That was my, <laughs> yep, girls, Reggie, girls get it done. <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. Another fabulous callback to a previous episode. Yep. <laughs> I yep. love that. I, um, I, I think that this, this episode is just a, a basic, here's how you execute a finale for not a series, for not a first season, but for a mid-season for any series. Because everything you just said, that's what it does. And what it, what any, a finale of a season two show should do, where you get clear conclusions on important things. You, you cut the dead weight because things that the boys is con, they're constantly reinventing themselves. Right. And so there, there could only be so many seasons we could watch the boys do all, go on all these adventures from living under a pawn shop. Um, yep. so they made it very clear that that's not this series. That's only this chapter. And, and I appreciated that. And, and I felt like. It, this season overall was a slow burn, but damn, did it get paid off. It, it really did. And, and as, as many, in my opinion, there are about four different endings to this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and which can get annoying, but I think they did it in a way where it's like, oh yeah, I would, I'm glad they're going back to that. Oh, they ended that storyline. We're not going to, okay, good deal. Moving on. Yep. 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 Totally, totally. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they they totally did that, and and one of those was uh home was the whole story with Ryan. Yeah. And, and Becca. Becca, yeah. Which you know we didn't talk about that from the penultimate side, but I'll I'll interweave it into the uh into thoughts on the finale. So you know as we as we left you know as we left things with the penultimate you know Homelander brought Stormfront to to the vault compound and and introduces her to, to Ryan and, and Becca uh, at the end we're like what big happy family and, and Becca of course at the end of that episode we see her leave mm-hmm. because she's so afraid of uh, and, and it needs Billy to, to, to get to help her with this and so we get fast forward to this and, and one of the things that stuck out with, with both of these episodes was it was you know, we get more backstory and context with for Homelander and John mm-hmm. and his his upbringing and you know and especially we contrast that with 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 Billy's upbringing which we saw you know we saw some of that in Ultimate too with when his mom his mom like and and his whole relationship with his with his brother right so, yeah and, and 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 really Homelander having this protective thing with with Ryan where. He realizes that he was just a laboratory experiment, and and Homelander, in his own weird Homelander way, 
uh, really wanted to have Ryan have a, a quote unquote normal upbringing. And, well, and I think he also just wanted the unconditional love of a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's at, at its core. I mean, it, and it really gets it, you know, and Babe uses that that love, that that need for unconditional love against them, as we saw in this in this episode. Exactly, because overall, he he would rather ten million people adore him mm-hmm. than his son to love him and know him. Yep, yep, yep. So it's quantity over quality. At it that. is, and yeah. which which is perfect to to go in what what you're talking about with what these both episodes do, where where you have. You you have a a clear triangle formed where Billy just wants Becca. Becca wants Billy, but more importantly, she just she's been a mom for now seven years. That's her son. She gave birth like biologically. It, it's just that is her family now, and she will do whatever it takes to be with him. And and Homelander now that he realizes he has a son also wants that. But he he doesn't want it at the cost of the life he's known for forever now. Yeah. Um. And and something that I thought was really impressive again, I can't. Anthony Starr just steals this show every single time. Where the heck is his Emmy? Because there's a moment in the finale where we always hear that Ryan is the contingency plan Lot has. If, 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 um, if Homelander ever goes nuclear, mm-hmm. but, but what I also find is as a viewer, Ryan brings out the father in Homelander almost in terms of, um, making him feel more human. Yeah. And, um, that when, when Ryan freaks out in, in Planet Bot, Mm-hmm. And, and you just, he just like, oh, I want to leave. I want my mom. And, and, and Homelander takes them there. There's like these so many facial expressions where I'm just like, he's just, just trying to be a dad. He just yeah. wants to protect his son. He, he, he realized, he realized it escalated. He got his son out of there. He protected his son. Yeah. Yeah. That's now- the, the moment when stormfront brings up white genocide what the heck was your protection (laughs) (laughs) that killed me i was like how many times will did it take aya cash to say that line with a straight face yeah it's funny if if the folks do get a chance to watch the New York Comic Con uh, interviews with the cast. I think it was uh, fan questions, and one of them was about how does she handle the the, the play of the Nazi. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, how, it's just amazing how many, yeah, it, how how many takes. I wonder how many it did to get her to, to deliver that with such conviction. <laughs> like, and and even Homelander gives her a look of like, oh, I don't. <laughs> Oh my god. And 
And I really, I really like that. I really like how it also plays into Becca and Billy, which, which was, has been a big prominent point of this show, considering yeah. where we first meet Billy in back in season one and now. And early on, you see them reconnect, but, but at the end of the day, her son is a soup and he hates all soups and to have I was not expecting that. I was not expecting, well, of course, no one was expecting the meeting with Edgar, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, I was not expecting the deal he made with Edgar and then to come full circle on that with, um, Becca's death and, and him uh, honestly it, actually protecting Ryan at the end. Yeah. yeah. Um, and saving him from, from his father. Yeah, yeah, that and, and you know that there are a couple. There's a lot to unpack there with that. that, that I mean, that, that, the whole sequence with you know from the deal itself that mm-hmm. that Billy makes with, with with Edgar and and that whole conversation. I mean, we could have. I mean, mm-hmm. I hope you know we could. Um, you know, there was, it, you know they had their meeting and. Yeah, he makes that ploy to save Brian and save back, keep Becca, and and you know, Edgar was like, you know, they really get to really the crux of really the core of this of what this the season's been about, and well, one of the things about the season, which is, and something you said earlier about A Train, and also Edgar, he's here. He is a black African American executive who has he knowingly employs a racist and, and and is bothered by it, but at the end of the day it's all about the profits over the principle. Which and, parallels his own conversation with Homelander in and I wanna say the first episode. It was. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, because, you know, Frederick because obviously he knew about Frederick Vaught. And he knows all about Britain Vaught's history, working for the Nazis as well. And, you know, and was able to, you know, come over here like many former Nazi scientists under, who were made a deal with the United States to, to, to come work for the good side. And, and yeah, it, so he, yeah, he, at the end of the day, and he, you know, he's like, well, you know, I love that line. That's the white man's luxury when he said, you know, when, whenever, he can't be all go all all, all half cop crazy and, and uh-huh. doing things. Uh-huh. I I yes. That line made me so happy. I was just like I was like, Oh, he's winding up and yep, that's a knockout punch. Billy, you're done. You yep. are done. Um there's there's a moment where Jean Jean Car- Carlo Esposito just plays it so perfectly. In this conversation, where he is all businessman, yep. completely welcome to our company, blah blah blah, and then it's like, yeah, you don't like her either, and then he says it, I don't, yeah, I don't like her, and so you, he, his tone changes, his facial, his whole demeanor changes, and then quickly snaps back, no, we, this is about thought, this isn't about me and my personal. And and I I thought that was so so fascinating to watch yeah, and just masterclass acting there. 
But, but I, yeah, that, that scene, you can spend four hours talking about it. And more importantly, take the scene between Edgar and Homelander and, and watch that and then compare and contrast with Billy and Edgar. It's just, thank God Edgar didn't die. Yeah, yeah, I I know. I was just thinking that too. I was just like the whole, because honestly, you know, well, I'll get to who I, you know, I honestly, I thought, I'll just go ahead and say, I thought Edgar actually was the mind blower because I was thinking back to our conversation very, from the very beginning, like, what does Home, Homelander mm-hmm. have as his ace in the hole? So I thought, so honestly, I, I, I thought that he was actually the mind blower. I never thought that. Um, I, I've seen all these theories about Black Noir, which ultimately were killed due to a peanut allergy or yeah. a peanut allergy. Yeah, and to your um, point too, and to your point too about, because actually in the comics, Black Noir is actually the safe, fell safe to Homelander. Uh-huh. But, but in the series here, to your point, they, you know, they use Ryan to play that role. Yeah, they are, from what I understand, they are definitely not following the books yeah. to to it to um, and and I think that the boys, yes, it's a well known known series, but I also don't think it's the platform of a Batman or a Spider Man where it's like huh, he better do that right, and by right I mean word for word what happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so I think they're they're playing with an encrypt key is has definitely made this his own story. It's like I'm going to use these toys, but yeah. I'm not going to follow that storyline. Yep. Um, no, I I honestly, the, there was so much else going on, and again, testament to the writing of the show. I was not really everything trying to figure out who the mind blower was i was just like engaged and fully like blah 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 la 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 that's cool that's cool ooh look at that girls get yeah. done yeah. <laughs> um favorite word and that i i just i wasn't going down that conspiracy i was just letting the revelations happen yeah. naturally um but but since you brought it up will yeah. <laughs> let's just talk about it yeah the, <laughs> Now, again, and then we've talked about it with our beloved, may it rest in peace, Krypton show. Mm-hmm. You can only do this once. Yep. Um, they did a magic trick, and it turned out at the very end, it's a revelation that the mind blower has actually been Victoria Newman, the yep. same congresswoman who has been the AOC character, <laughs> 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 yep. who, who is clearly out to get bought and also take down the soups. Well, she, she's also one of them. So I I loved it. I I, when when you hear, so again, it goes back to what I was saying about multiple endings. Like all of a sudden we see Alistair and it's like, Oh, okay. So this is going to be an Easter egg for the next season. And then, Oh, he's talking to the Congresswoman. Oh, Oh God, his head just yeah. And yeah. She, mm, okay, no one saw <laughs> <called> that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the reason, yeah, and when that scene happened, because they were talking about Edgar, and I was like, oh, here it comes, here it comes. Yeah. And I, and I was expecting Edgar because he's like, I'm gonna call Edgar, and I figured Edgar over the phone would be the one that would like do it. And then you see her, you know, they flip to the camera, and you see her outside, 
his office. Uh-huh. And I was just like, holy shit, it's, it's Victoria. I mean, I, that was like, that was beautifully executed. So well done. And, and, and it just, you know, it, and Kripke was like, well, we, I told you folks, you know, Kripke, I was reading some articles afterwards. Uh, he had noted that, uh, he, he kind of tipped the hand at the very first episode with, uh, with whenever they destroyed Rainer. Yep. Yeah. And cause they flipped over cause they talked you know, they flipped over to her in the next scene. And I was like, damn it. This dude's just a damn good storyteller. <laughs> How is that a clue? <laughs> Nobody was looking. Nobody was looking for it. As I said, it was just, it was so, uh, you know, now, of course, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes, oh, that makes sense. But, you know, it's just like, dude, that's just, that's just, that's just, yeah, mean. it's me. But you're right. It's just like Krypton with how, how they executed that. You can only do it once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we're watching all editing tricks movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we need to, we need to reveal your, your things. Um, let, let's, let's talk about the boys themselves. Yeah. Um, because through, through all of this, we also have Kamiko, Frenchie, and Mother's Milk, alongside Huey and Annie, come together in a really beautiful way um, to help Billy rescue Becca and Ryan, which also leads to the line I keep saying time and time again, where a clear showdown between Annie and Stormfront, which also is a Annie-Stormfront and Kamiko showdown, what did you think about that fight sequence? Oh, loved it. Uh, I, I had, I had seen earlier some teases for it. Uh, I think there was an interview with Aaron Moriarty and, uh, uh that was, uh, place Kamiko. And, and then when it happened and that whole, I mean, just the choreography with it. And, you know, and then of course, when Kamiko was like, I thought, I thought she, she was, I thought she was killed during the fight whenever Stormfront like snapped her neck. Yeah, yeah. me too. Uh, I mean, I was like, shit. I mean, they're going broke this, like, this episode. And, and, and then, and, and of course she wasn't, but I mean, it hit all the right beats. I mean, it, it was, it was for the show. It was the, the appropriate, like, it was the most ultimate fight. And like you said, they brought, they, and as Frenchie said it best, girls get it done. Because then when they brought Maeve in, and to our point earlier about her, um, you know, finding her place and, 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 and protecting the family. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh, the mom. She yeah. is the mom. She, she, um, uh, she hasn't liked Stormfront either. Now we did. <laughs> <laughs> And, and when, when, when you think, just when you think it's like, oh God, Stormfront's just too powerful. I mean, that's why Homelander loves her so much. Yeah. And then Maeve shows up and knocks her out. And then it's just a full out, like, we're going to hit you, of course, because you are apparently, um, never can die. This isn't going to do anything, but it's definitely annoying. Um, yeah. and then of course she leaves and, um, and Ryan kills her, which the setup for that kind of was stupid because we, you, you really knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, 
but but I I guess with with everything else, all of the other surprises, they they had to they had to do that, and and we we were it was kind of interesting. It's like okay, so at what point does Ryan start to hate Stormfront? Because yeah, yeah. not gonna turn on his dad. Nope. He will turn on her though, because she's cray cray. Yeah. Um, I I. I keep I whenever I think about that fight sequence though, I always think about how this is the right way for female empowerment and and to see them just kicking ass. Mm-hmm. MCU take notes because I would argue that that sequence yeah. <laughs> in Marvel. No, <laughs> you're right. You are a hundred. You, you know, as a you know, I don't want to sit back and be mansplained or whatever. So I'm glad you said that because. You are, but I 100% agree with you. I mean, that's, it was just very organic, and it was just, I mean, that's, like you said, the choreography, everything was just, it was just, it just felt right. as Well, you know, as much as a fight sequence, somebody get beat down can feel, but it, 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 it did flow. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. just waiting for a little a Black Widow to come in and start jumping <laughs> off people too and, and doing there has been some good MCU female fights, but it just yeah. it's just some shade there. Yeah. Um Well at least your equal opportunity shade throw so <laughs> Speaking about equal opportunity, Atrian is back on the team, but yeah. not deep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, you're right. I, they need their own spinoff show. You know, it, maybe maybe when they do this boys spinoff, they can have a train the deep and cop and and uh, super university together because they just I, I just anytime they're together on, on screen, it's just so it's just comedic gold. With them. I just I love that. I love how Alistair brings them in, and it's like, oh, we found out that someone has written took information from our archives and. Mm-hmm. A train's like, yeah, oblivious, and and um, Deep's like, oh, who did that? And it's like A train. It's like, oh, I never liked him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he like he like does so many back and forth. Yeah, I never liked him. He, yeah, he's like, like I said earlier earlier today, he's like, don't bring it, don't bring the Deep with you into a voxel because you're going you're going to end up captured or worse. <laughs> captured or worse. Um. So so then just just to wrap it all up, <clears throat> we've already touched on this, but just to make it really clear, Maeve blackmails Homelander um in giving Ryan over to the good guys, sort of speak. Um he he ends up leaving with Billy and Billy ultimately hands him oh passes him off to and I always forget this character's name. Mallory. But who? Mallory. Ma- Mallory. Yeah. Um, and and then we of course naturally Homelander jerks off to all of New York City. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Mother's Mouth has the homecoming he's been needing, and and Huey ends up working for Victoria Newman. Yeah. Yep. See Huey. where that goes. Let's see where that goes. Let's see where that goes. Because Huey, you know, poor Huey wants to stand on his own two feet. And of course, and of course, in, in Huey's, in, in Huey's own way, whenever he started giving that speech, and you know, of course, Andy's finally like, you know, we can finally have a, a relationship, and Huey, of course, about messes it up again. But thankfully, he recovered very well. So at least 
for now, things are happy in Pee Wee and Annie Land. And, uh, yeah, I guess Miko and, and Frenchie, you know, they wanted to think, you know, we saw the beginning of their partnership, um, in the penultimate and, and, and more so in the, uh, in the finale. Of course, you, you know, he's now learning how to communicate with her, which I thought, I, I love, I, I really like the way they, they have evolved that as well. And, and to your point, as far as, you know, cutting off some of the extra stuff, as far as obviously eliminating some characters, but then really building, using the second season to build for the established characters and taking their stories to the, to the next place. Right. Which the next place, I mean, now that Huey is working for Victoria Newman, we will learn in season three more about her agenda with the soups and with Vought. Um, we'll learn more about Kimiko. Um, as her and Frenchie continue to fall in love with one another. And most importantly, the thing I'm most excited about, we got Jensen Ackles, soldier boy, leader of Team Payback, more history on Vought, and probably some very insane Homelander who who gave up his son yep. to continue this life. So. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I'm looking forward to Jensen, uh, the whole, the soldier boy, because I mean, obviously it's a takeoff of Captain America, and we've learned a little bit more, I think, as far as, I think he, you know, the, the whole team payback was the seven before the seven, and so, we'll obviously, uh, you know, we, knowing the series, we'll get more information about the history of Vault. I mean, we already touched on it some, but now that you're bringing the very first suit, I guess the good suit back with, with Soldier Boy. Uh, how, how, you know, how that, how that, does that all play off in his relationship with Homelander and, and, and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. And, you know, and of course, you know, we, you know, the team that Soldier Boy led, I think, had Eagle the Archer. Of course, we, you know, he also got framed this season with the, you know, with, uh, whenever the Church of the Collective, like, tried to, Ruin his reputation. <laughs> so, yep. And and so you know he's still around. Um, so I'm not sure if and Kripke even noted this himself. I think Stormfront is still around. He yep. said she's she, she says she's a stump. But so, well, they they even say that in the show yeah. during the final press conference scene. Yeah. They yeah. talk about how she is in a um, well guarded facility yeah. or something. So, yeah, so yeah. she's locked up. She's buried probably nine feet under, yeah. um, will likely return. Yeah. Um, yeah. When she returns. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will, I will, I hope, I don't, I don't know if they'll do it in season three or if they have, you know, I'm still at, at the rate they're going, they'll have, I think, didn't they say they have a five, five season plan? I think. Oh, if it's crypty, it's a five season plan. Yeah, I think I remember him saying that this past summer at the Comic-Con. So, we get that. So, you know, we'll, we'll probably see her again, hopefully, maybe in Season 4. Yeah, she, she's probably Season 4, Season 5 yeah. type character to bring out. because, And I say that if it's Crickety, it's because he's supernatural. He did his five-season arc, created the show, and then left the show. The yeah. show went on for ten more seasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But... He, he, he didn't, he told the story he wanted to tell in those first five seasons. So 
I think there's something about that number Mm -hmm. that is very appealing for a lot of showrunners at his level. So, yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So, you know, I, as I said earlier, I, I, I I ended this season very satisfied and and looking forward to looking forward to to where things go in, in the future. Yes, and on that note, that is it for us today. Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk, W at W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K on Twitter. You can find, follow me on Twitter at S J Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome.